0: what's gonna be hot my coffee it's gonna burn me i'm scared
1: welcome friends back to dropout seven yay before we start kick off the day we do have just a few announcements and thank yous we you want to what you want to give you first of all thank you to Brian Cusick our one of our campus ministers who is so gracious as to give us great technical advice and also I believe he's helping to promote the podcast thank you Brian um, if you're noticing that we have way better um, noise reduction in the background and way better like audio levels and clarity you can thank him also, we just want to thank his family and friends for the support they've given. Lucas, I know he, he verbalized that he received a lot from his folks and his friends back home near St. Cloud. Yay! We, um, also, I want to just let you all know that we have a Facebook page now. If you follow it, you will receive updates about when we release new episodes, such as this one. Tell your family and friends about the podcast, please. Spread the word. And uh, tell them, whoever you do uh, share it with, tell them if you if they're looking it up. Tell them to drop the t on drop out when they're typing it into the search bar. So drop out space seven, and that should make it come up. The reason for that is there's uh, a lot of podcasts with uh, the full word drop out in it. That should make it easier to find. We thank you for joining us, and we
0: hope you enjoy this show. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father, what a blessing it is to be called by you, not only to have a vocation, and be given that call, but to be called by name, to have your word spoken to us, and to animate our life, to follow you, to be allowed to seek you in discernment. What a gift it's been to be led by the Holy Spirit. And what a gift it's been to have a community to live with, to share with, to be nurtured by, to be cared for. Continue to help us grow as, as men and women who seek you and who want to raise your kingdom to its, its greater glory. and We ask all this through your name. Amen. Amen. So,
1: I called this meeting. For the record, I just want you all to know that I called this meeting. Yeah, have you guys ever played that game Among Us? It's, the kids are really all about it these days. <laughs> the you <kids>. know, you're, <laughs> you're a little astronaut. You're running around trying to fix up the ship, and you're slowly getting killed off one by one. You're trying to find the culprit. Anyway, I hit the emergency button. I called this meeting because it struck me in prayer and reflection just the other day that we've been talking about vocation and discernment, and I mean, it, admittedly, they're way too big of topics to ever get to the bottom of. You can never talk about it all, but there's just so much that was on my heart that we didn't share. It, like when I was reflecting on what we did talk about, I was like, "Oh, we didn't, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't mention this. We didn't." And I came to Lucas at lunch, and I was like, "Lucas, this is." A democratic, um, a democratic <laughs> endeavor, and so I just I wanted to be very transparent with you about the fact that I've made the executive decision that we are doing another podcast about vocation and discernment.
0: There was no deal with it. There was no <laughs>
1: democracy in this step. But at least you felt included, right? Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, we wanted to talk more about it. We wanted to delve into it, and really, we wanted to highlight. In, in a way maybe we didn't before. It's seriousness. It's it's not serious in a in a dreary you know, and drudgery sort of way, but just it's it's great importance in, in all of our lives and in the I guess the story of creation. We all we all have a part to play. And man, the cosmos, all time and all all places, all being is as I like to think of it, is it doesn't it doesn't need it doesn't need us but it needs us. The world doesn't need us. Like, does the world need me? I'm so important, you know? It's just, it's just begging us to be inflated and full of ourselves. But when you say, the world doesn't need me, but the world needs me, that's saying something altogether different, I think. And that's, I think the mindset we should have is that um, I've been placed here with a very specific purpose, a very specific mission, and it's been entrusted to me. It's my, it's my responsibility. I have a participation in, in this being to, to make the, to make it better, to make it more beautiful. Ah, it's just, there's so much. So that's where vocation comes in. That's why it's so important. And that's why we want to uh, talk a little bit more about it today, make another pass before we leave and move on to uh, another topic. So the first thing that struck me that we really didn't talk much about is how to discern. We talked about what discernment was, like yeah, it's it's God speaking through you. And, you know, it's recognized, especially in like the transcendentals, how they speak through our hearts. Mm-hmm. But how do you recognize which voice is God's? Like, do we all just all know what is beautiful and true and good? And be- be- like, if if you're at all like me, those things are so disjointed and twisted and malformed and misguided. And it's so intermingled with my own petty wants in the moment and my own passions that, It's just hard. We talked about how spiritual guidance is so important because it can help us see through that. But ultimately, no spiritual guide can just tell us what our vocation is. That's something that we need to uh, assent to, but it has to be something that arises within us. Um, Nobody can externally tell it to us, really. So how does that discernment carry it out? What are some steps that we can take? What are some things that we can do to make our hearts more receptive to his voice? Lucas, what do you have to say? I've been talking for a while.
0: You do that often. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, um, when we <laughs> talked earlier about it, I I kind of used the idea of buying a car. So that um, idea of yeah, like I've been spending time in prayer. I've been reading up on this this thing I've been discerning, and I've been praying about it. I've been thinking about it, and like it looks like a good idea. But if you come to that point in a car, like you've looked at cars, you've seen them. You looked up the websites, you wouldn't just go and buy the car and call it a day. You would then go to the dealership and test drive. Hmm. In the same way, when we discern that is also the next step after we've done initial research Quite like quotation marks on the research. Sure. Um I whenever I talk to a lot of priest friends, it's like, how did you know? Like when was the moment you knew you're gonna be a priest? And he's like, When I said I did the vows, the bishop laid his hands, like that's when he knew because what it was was not he entered seminary and said yes and then went through it as he went through seminary he had to give yeses every single day every mm. single year every single holy hour every single evaluation he was given a yes a little yes every single day until he got there and they're like are you ready to be a priest and he said yes and he went and laid before the bishop
1: that was just the next step
0: yeah it was just the that next was step. that was the next step to stepping in and like yeah it's it sounds so light in that moment, but that little yes that he gave every day became the ultimate yes that he gave for the big V vocation.
1: I do want to ask you a question, though, because you, you mentioned prayer. Hmm. I think for most of our listeners, prayer is going to be a pretty familiar topic, but I feel like it's, it's worth, it's just worth talking about, worth going into what role prayer plays in, in I guess, in understanding our, in our mission.
0: Yeah. Prayer. I, I, it, it's weird, like trying to like conceptualize prayer out loud, especially after all the years, I guess, of practicing and being part of and like trying to remember what like my first like encounter with prayer is. I feel like a very simple way of saying it is like it's that conversation with God, that back and forth. That's as simple as it gets to center yourself, to take in something like the rosary, or um, scripture, or the lives of the saints, these, these witnesses and these testimonies to the living word, to the tradition of the church, and then as you take it in, like, the Lord's going to speak into those things, he's going to fill those up.
1: Yeah, Uh, but you did mention silence, and I am, I am curious about that, because, yeah, we have, we have often heard that, like, God speaks in silence, but that doesn't make any sense because speaking makes noise, right? So how does silence speak? What?
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's God. <laughs> I mean, no, it's it's true. Like uh, I think it's Ezekiel. He's the one that goes up to the mountaintop, and he's like, I'm gonna go find God's voice. Oh, Elijah. 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 Okay, yeah. it started with an E. I was close. <laughs> He goes up the mountain and he's like, I'm going to find God's voice. And then like, earthquake, not God's voice. Hmm. The the mountain falls, not God's voice. Lightning cracks, not the voice. The fire fire comes up. Yeah, not the voice. What's God's voice? The silent whisper. And like, you're like, Hmm. the silent whisper. Like, something can't be silent and a whisper. God is still a mystery to us. Some of the greatest contemplations come through silence.
1: Yeah, and you know, when you talk about mystery... I've used this term before in one of our previous episodes, but the term analogy, analogous speech, comes to mind because that's that's really the only way we can talk about God mm-hmm. because of how mysterious it is. We have to use certain words that communicate realities about Him, but they never they never actually grasp Him. They're never quite really the totality of Him. And so I think I wonder if whisper that whisper that that word we use is is one of those kind of analogous words. Mm-hmm. Like it's not literally. A, like a soft verbal thing we hear in our ears. I know some people, they, they they testify that like, it was as if God was speaking in my ear. It was that clear. But when we talk about the whisper of God, I think I, I've heard it more, uh, more often said that like the whisper comes into the heart mm-hmm. more than it is into your ear. How does my heart hear? <laughs> my heart has ears? No, no. But like, you don't get it. It's the whisper communicates how it is that a person like receives the truth like, as if it, you know, it didn't have it before, but it received it somehow. It it caught it as if it was catching waves of, you know, of sound, of vibrations of air. It caught it somehow by, by divine initiative. That's why we can use the analogy of, of whispering and hearing. Silence, man. Silence is, like, is critical. It exposes all the voices. So, we talked about how there's so many voices, but often we don't even realize they're there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the case? Like... When I think back to my, my experience of a five day silent retreat, this was something we did at seminary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out to Broomtree, South Dakota. If there's any South Dakotans listening, woot woot, you've got a great retreat center there. Anyway, we were out there for five days. And I don't know if any of you listeners or you, Lucas, have been on a retreat for five straight days where you're not allowed to say anything except for the letters of the hours when you're praying in communion or like the responses at Mass. That's the only thing you vocalize. I guess there is a conversations with spiritual director that you can have. Otherwise, nada, no music, no, um, no dialogue, no conversation, no, no reading. They encourage no reading as mm-hmm. much as possible to other than maybe scripture. And you just, you just sit there or you walk, but it kind of feels like even when you're walking, you're moving, you're just kind of like sitting there, sitting. Why, why are you sitting? It's an analogous word <laughs> sitting. You feel like you're not, you, you don't have to go someplace. You don't have to be someplace. You're not, you're not leaving out of yourself. You're not getting out of yourself, but you're very much within yourself. And it's a very hard place to be sometimes because of all the wounds that are there, all the, the brokenness, all the, again, all the noise that just comes all the way up to the forefront. It's like pounding on your brain, wanting you to, wanting you to get distracted again, because it can't deal with the pain of, of the silence. But all that stuff becomes so clear, even if it's you know painful. And when it is clear, it actually allows you to deal with it and to parse things out and to see, see things a little more truly as they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, I think that's, that's super important for the whole relating to God in prayer, because you can't really relate to him if you don't even, you don't even know what it is that you have to relate what's going on within you. So, you know, that, that time and silence is, I think, very, very critical. How about prayer though? You know, you talked about it as a conversation. I, I, I like that. I like that analogy because you are talking and in a sense you are receiving. Mm-hmm. Though it's it's maybe a little bit different than what one might expect. And if we just talk about the conversation aspect, and people might get a little bit disappointed. You know, like they go and they talk and they talk and they talk and they're like, okay, God, you speak. And they're listening with their ears and they're
0: wondering, why am I not
1: hearing something? Yeah. Can can you speak to that at all, Lucas? Because I think that could be a a frustration for a lot of people.
0: So, like any, any, everything else we're doing, analogy, I think, is needed. I've actually never read the Lord of the Rings books. Fun Mm. fact, never read them. Really? No. I've only read one and a half, so I I can't. But, shame. I know of a certain part where the Ents are meeting the tree people, and their language is so old. And so, like, immersed in, like, rich heritage that it takes them forever to talk to each other in the native language. Hmm. And I just honestly, like, that when I heard that, I was like, that's the way God speaks to us. And it's not like it takes always that long, but it's so rich and so hard to almost unravel it all hmm. that it takes time to fully unravel it. God's speaking in a whole different language than one that we would usually do here. And so it takes time for us to take in, to process it to respond to receive it again
1: that's beautiful
0: and so like people who can speak two languages their native tongue like that's the one that this like flows really easy like it's like us right now mm-hmm. but then say like right now let's say i learned a, a second language it's going to take a while for me to understand someone else it's going to take work and effort and yeah it, there's still that conversation part it just takes a little bit longer and as you grow deeper into that um, you hear about those people who like I heard the voice of God and I moved or like the Holy spirit prompted and I went mm-hmm. and like that gets to the point where like I've been using this other language a lot. It's part of who I am now. It's, it's that point of being bilingual.
1: That's an awesome analogy actually. Yeah. The time it takes to learn, learn God's voice, but also learn God's language. Mm-hmm. It does take commitment and and time. Yeah. Some patience. You know, one of the things that, that came to mind for me when I was thinking about prayers, too, is maybe distinguishing a little bit between prayer and prayers. Because so often you mm-hmm. know we're, we're raised and when we're young, we're taught prayers. And that's great because being taught words, even before we know what they mean, they get to be such a habit and it gets to be such a, a part of our, our mind. It, even, even little habits like genuflecting before we enter into a pew. When it's so part of our, our, like, our action and our, our everyday life, Eventually, we're going to get to the age when we're start, when we start to look at ourselves saying these things and doing these things. And we ask ourselves, oh, boy, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. You know, what is this thing I've been doing? And, you know, then you can really, really delve into it and you can come to the the greater understanding about the meaning of it. And it's already part of like your lived experience, part of your your habit. And that's that's so important, the habit. If, and if we waited for kids to figure everything out about the faith before they started practicing it. Oh nobody would practice the faith. Nobody, nobody oh, can man. get to the bottom of it. So no, I, the prayers, the prayers are so important. But what about prayer? Because I think, I think the way that it's kind of um, dawned on me is that the prayers are good in as they lead us to prayer, which to me is it is that relate it's that um, the dialogue. But ultimately, that relationship with God, the relating of oneself to, to
0: God and letting him relate himself to you. Something you just said, I want to comment on about that idea, like those prayers lead to prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, so I, I have not always practiced the faith. Mm-hmm. That's just who I am. I was raised not really practicing and I took it up right before my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And as I was getting into this habit of prayer, it's like, where do I start? And they go, and he's like, here's your Rosary, here's the mass, here's scripture. He gave me all these these pray, like the prayers like you would a child. I, I was a spiritual infant. Still am <laughs> just now I can turn on my back by myself <laughs> um, but the, he <laughs> later on in the day day years whatever it was, to, it was told to me that those verbal prayers, prayers that the church has instituted for us, allow us to move deeper into the spiritual life of like a reflective state. Mm-hmm. That reflective state is now like, who are you Lord? Who are like, what do you like? What do you want? What are you doing here? What's good. Mm-hmm. And then that reflection then leads into contemplation. What do you want me to do with this?
1: Uh, yeah. I One of the things that really, that really blessed me in, in my recent time of reflection and prayer though, was when I was thinking about how I would communicate prayer to somebody who's just like, yeah, I feel like all I do is say prayers, mm. you know, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to move to that, that stage of contemplation or reflection that you were talking about. Like, what, what does that even look like? I was thinking, yeah, how do we, how do we say that? Cause I don't know if that's talked about quite as much as maybe it should. And what struck me was, was something like this, it's one thing to, you know, to, to be living in the world, but then to like step out and recognize the world and yourself, like to, to recognize the distinction between you and everything else. Because we are so often swept up in things that are just going on that we don't even like recognize that we're in it, but it's not us, you know? And so that's, that's one thing. It's another thing then to be conscious of yourself, to turn your gaze not just at the world and seeing it as another, but then to like look at yourself being looking being looked at by yourself. You know, that's a second level to, to be conscious of the fact that you're being conscious of yourself and your being here. And then it's it's another thing altogether to be conscious of the fact that being is conscious of you. That for me was maybe you could say a stepping stone to to getting at. What it means to, to enter into contemplation is, again, I'm, I'm not just like a thing being thrown around by the chaos of the world, but I'm, I'm a thing separate from it. I can recognize myself recognizing myself in it, in this, in this grand scale of being, and then I can recognize that being itself, the very fact of being, is, is conscious of me and what is it what is it saying to me what is it what is it trying to communicate about what on earth i am doing being <laughs> what am i what am i doing being rather than not being and what 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 makes me good what am i made to do what goodness am i made to bring to being and so yeah that's the relationship with that's the relationship with god that i think needs to be cultivated by by the scriptures by understanding how he's worked in the history of mankind salvation Lucas has talked about the Rosary he's talked about um, the scriptures how how formative they are and um, yeah just I encourage you all to really enter into that really enter into that reality as much as possible try to enter into that state of prayer even if it means starting with the prayers the the tangible words that you've got recited in your mind they're memorized see as much as possible if they can lead you to that state of of truly Pouring yourself out before the author of your existence. Mm-hmm. And then, then, I, I mean, I don't want to make a promise, but like, I can promise you, <laughs> I can, that you will hear God speaking. Mm-hmm. Your heart will receive answers. Mm-hmm. So this podcast has droned on for a little bit longer than maybe we are hoping it to. I think... It's good stuff, though. Yeah, I... I, I we, can't,
0: is... we just can't... We, yeah, I'm glad we did this, because, like, yeah, we missed a lot. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got the opportunity to come back. I'm not going to vote you off in this meeting. <laughs> Aww. To bring back the Among Us reference. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that.
1: We thank you for joining us.
0: Yes, this was a joy for Isaiah and myself, and I hope it was a joy for you. And I believe next week, do you? Do we have an idea of what we're doing oh,
1: next Oh, yes, we do.
0: Do you want to give him a teaser? The Void. Bum, bum, bum. Stay tuned.